1: This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis,
0: and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF.
1: Hey, fellow Warzone listeners, my name's Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football couple months back I joined the Patreon just to take my dynasty passion to the next level and I'll tell you what well let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice personal dynasty dilemmas they'll tackle them for you help you out with it you just don't get that anywhere else but I'd say my favorite part about the depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat.
0: What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty podcast. And this week's topic is going to be a ranking of the 10 biggest off-season NFL moves and some of their correlation to Dynasty. Now, some of these we've already talked about, the impact that we think they'll have on the real NFL team, as well as your dynasty team. Uh, but when I get into rankings, man, as it goes into co-hosts, this guy is the 101. Uh, ranked number one on his shirt, number one in my heart. You know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. What is up?
2: I wish I had a shirt that said I was number one on it. I, I have an ego, but I don't have an ego that big.
0: You uh, you remember that Nelly song back in the day? Uh, I am number one. Number one. Yeah. That,
2: oh, listen. Ninth grade Jerry loved that song. Um, <laughs> I'm sure current date Jerry loves that song too. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. So what's uh what is what is going on with you, my friend?
0: Man, it's been a uh, been a weird week, uh, to say the least. Yeah. In, in not only my neck of the woods here in Indianapolis, but yours up there in the Ann Arbor. Michigan. We often joke that Jerry's on the mean streets of 8 Mile with Eminem up there, but in all actuality, Jerry lives in the in the sticks. Uh, just, I don't know, was it east, west of Ann Arbor?
2: Uh, it's a little south of Ann Arbor. A little south, you know. But... You're getting closer to Ohio, which is never a good thing. Oh, just Ohio. Just kidding. Yeah,
0: you know we have a lot of Ohio listeners to this fine program. Don't rile them up. Uh, I, I, I do a good enough job when I talk smack about Baker Mayfield, but... Uh, Needless to say, man, there's been a lot going on in the world. Um, I completely addressed this personally on what was on my heart. It took about eight takes on our Patreon show, which aired last night. Uh, At the request of Jerry and some of the others, I will do my best at some point in the immediate future and by immediate, somewhere between now and next week, I will cut off part of that because there was some football talk. It is a fantasy football dynasty podcast patreon show um but i i don't think i could do it again jerry um it hurts my heart man how about you how how are
2: you how are you hanging in there it was it was good it was rough it hit home the only thing is i'm gonna say is you know we all got to be better i am uh, i don't want to surprise anybody i am a white male i grew up in a almost exclusively white community everybody's got to be better um I'm not good to, you know, I don't want to go too far into it because all of this stuff is everywhere right now. And we're sort of trying to be that, that escape. And that's, you know, for people of color, for white people, Muslims, Jews, Hindus, whatever you are. I am cool with all of you. I love all of you. And I just want to talk football because I know you want to hear about football. And, you know, I, I love you, Randy. I love everybody out there. We all just got to be good and let's just, let's talk some football. Let's try and, you know, just, it's tough, man.
0: I will say this. Every show, you and I, we we sign off with the same message. Here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Right now, Jerry and I just want to make the world a better place. And that starts with us doing our part, being aware that we don't know everything that's going on. Um, We don't know how everyone impacted feels, but we care. And one thing you're going to hear a lot of, I'm going to make a commercial that you will hear from now until about November 4th on just about every show reminding you to vote. That is the impact we can all have. As much research and work as we all do on our fantasy and dynasty rosters, we need to do that much work and research about our local candidates. Here in the United States, we have the wonderful blessing of being able to choose our leaders in this country. And guys, we're not going to fix the Oval Office in 2020. The the, the guy there is not good, and I'm not too sure about the other guy. But we can start local. We can start small. Every venture starts small. Uh, You know, start with your mayor, your prosecutor, your mayor determines the chief of police, your council people, um, your school board. All of these things matter. In this election cycle, let's make a difference there. Let's make a difference in our backyard so that in two years now, when when certain states have governor and senatorial races, then we can make a bigger difference then. Then in four years from now, we owe it to our country to pick better Republican and Democratic uh, nominees for the president of the United States. But right now, we just want you to vote. If you're not registered right now, that's cool. You may have missed your state's primary. But you have time to go get ready for the big election on November third. So enough about that, man. Jerry, let's get into this topic tonight. Uh, before we do that, I want to I want to hit into some other things. Uh, the Dynasty
2: Happy Hour contractor, man. You know, I'm up to my eighth show over there already. Uh yeah, I know. I've been listening to all of them, and good feedback. Good, good teams too. Good, good cooperation by uh, those guys. I know how how it can be to sit down at the mic for the first time and have Randy berate your team. Uh, ah, he's not doing, you're not doing that. I'm just kidding. But it, honestly, it's, it's good stuff, man. Always good stuff. And that's why, and listen, you're the perfect guy to do that. Cause if there's one person that can think outside the box and yet challenge a person into thinking their own way, Randy, oh my goodness gracious, that you could look in the Webster's Dictionary and there'd be a picture of your face.
0: Not a handsome face, but I will say this. My goal with the contractor is just to help people. Same thing with the Dynasty Warzone. And my goal is not to rebuild your roster for you. My goal is to help you, give you a couple of ideas, but leave you better than I found you and to follow back with you. So if you're interested in that, you know, we often talk a lot about the. Dynasty Warzone Instagram and Twitter, by the way, at Dynasty Warzone on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, but you can also reach us on Gmail. You can just go to DynastyWarZone at gmail.com. I've had a couple of guys. One guy today just said, hey, I have a simple question. And I responded as I was walking from one building to the other on the campus in which I work. And he, he came back to me later and said, wow, I didn't expect you to respond and I didn't expect you to respond that quick. I mean, Jerry, this is not a Patreon. This is not a pitch for the Patreon. This is a dude who had a simple question about juju and a trade. And I take great pride in trying to help as many people as I can as fast as I can. And I know you do as well.
2: Absolutely. Live, live that life because I've been on the other end of it. And I know what it's like to have someone ignore a DM that you, that you respect and you look for it and you want to hear that advice. And then you just get ghosted. So, I really try to not do that. So you know sometimes it happens, but I really try and get to it as fast as I can every single
1: time.
0: Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And we'll make sure to prepare you Friday. We will be recording uh, the newest installment of our three team parlay. That's where we break down a top eleven, a bottom eleven, and a middle ten team from twenty nineteen by the amount of points they scored. Ironically, this week you would think all of these teams should be in the top 11. They're not. Uh, It's going to be New England in the top 11. It's going to be Atlanta in the middle 10. And then Pittsburgh last year with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph at the quarterback position and a good defense finished in the bottom 11. So we're going to break those three three teams down this week. Uh, We've already talked about the social media handle. One thing I want to continue to ask you guys for. Uh, If you're not behind the wheel of a car, listening uh, as you're riding a motorcycle or some kind of uh, 2 wheeled device, if you're not on a tractor, if you're not operating heavy machinery of any kind, please take us like a hit pause, go into your podcast player, leave us a five star. We'd love to hear about Jerry's trucker hat, uh, about poop sandwiches in the comments, but they're not necessary. The five star is the thing. It is the biggest impactor. Uh, on the algorithm of the podcast player, so make sure you subscribe. We're going to continue to try to hammer out two shows a week. Uh, a couple other things, Jerry. Are, are you uh, ready for some Scott Fishbowl? Oh,
2: <laughs> yeah, buddy. And listen to the people that are sitting here listening, and you're upset that we're going to talk about this. Just give it some time. The first time I got in they had to add additional spots i had already thought i missed it and out of nowhere the blessing that was they added more spots so they could get people in and i got in it's never it's, over until it's over that's what they say listen sometimes there's trouble with the snap and you just you'll get it in the end but yeah absolutely for one fantastic cause what free gifts for kids on christmas like what uh, what more Could you really want it ties the community together? You get fantastic divisions, which are once you find out your division, it's wonderful. You get to interact with so many people that you never have. Like I I had Evan Silva in my group. I had a chat with Dave Richard from CBS sports and I'm just sitting there chit chatting with him about who we're going to draft. It was awesome. It was fantastic. Scott Fishbowl is fantastic. The dude is a superhero All of the accolades that he gets, he deserves that and so much more because of what he does. I I am going to
0: elect to give you a heads up, and I'm going to use my one curse word for this show. I am going to say that in light of all the bullshit that's going on in this country right now, Scott Fish and the Scott Fish Bowl is a beacon of hope and glory of everything that can be good in this world. And if you don't get invited, if your ship does not come in, don't worry. There's tons of ways that you can participate. John Bosch, I don't know his exact Twitter handle, but I know it's J-O-H-N-B-O-S-C-H. John Bosch of the DLF is running a bunch of Eliminators. That's where you can jump on with guys like Tyler Gunther, Dynasty Outhouse, John himself, Heath uh, Cummings from CBS Sports, uh, at some point, when the world gets slightly more back to normal for me, uh, I'm going to jump in one. Maybe Jerry will jump in one. And every uh, every league raises more money for kids. It is one of the best things. No, oh, Jerry. By the way, the hashtag Scott Fish Bowl Potathon going on again. Don't worry, Jerry. I booked our spot. Did you know I booked our spot?
2: I did know you booked our spot, and now I get to talk more football with more people. It's good. And for the record. At John Bosch FF, so J O H N B O S C H F F. There you go. It's the man's first and last name. Throw
0: a double F on the end. John Bosch, great dude, uh, big contributor to the Scott Fish Bowl and the Potathon is ran by Salito, who and... I'm
2: excited to talk to. Oh, Goodness, uh, that dude, a oh, spitfire. If there's ever a a stereotypical New Yorker. He is one of them, and he is – it's not a a type of person that I am around here in the doldrums of the Midwest, always entertaining.
0: Uh, An amazing good dude, him and Kevin Cotillo, and they're on again, off again, third co-host, Steve. These guys do this. It's going to be great, Jerry. We we are the last uh, full-hour segment before the actual Scott Fishbowl draft starts. So the draft starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time and you and me and Sal, Kevin, and Steve in their slap-happy state are going to be bringing this uh, this thing in for a landing right up through, it, through the draft.
2: It will be us spitballing because those poor gentlemen will be sleeping at their keyboards. Uh, 100%.
0: They'll, they'll be slappy, not that Sal's not half the time anyway. Uh, maybe we'll share our hour in the past. We've uh, shared the hour with... JD and Dan from over at the Goat District, the Fantasy Football fellas. You never know who we may have pop in with Jerry and I, but we're looking forward to that. So uh, what you're looking forward to is us ranking the top 10 off-season moves in the NFL and just some impact and why we ranked them. We thought it would be fun. Uh, this is one of the slower times for Dynasty Football Podcast. Now, one thing Jerry and I take great pride in is this is the 99th straight week, straight Wednesday, Jerry, 99 Wednesdays in a row. There has always been a dynasty war zone. I, Don't jinx it. I, Don't I, jinx it. We got to get to, we got to get one more week. Just one more. Nah, dude, we're, we're going to keep this thing rolling as long as we can, because as a podcast consumer myself, one thing that, that makes a huge difference is consistency. And I, I like knowing that Wednesday I'm going to listen to X. Uh, one of the shows that I listen to is the GM Shuffle. I think that's the exact name of it with uh, Lombardi. I think it's Michael Lombardi used to be the GM of the Browns has ties to Bill Belichick every Monday. I listen to talking Sopranos. They go back and they cover the great television series. Hey, <laughs> of course you do. But, but Hey, but, but if it's not there on a Monday, Jerry, I'm <laughs> bummed. I'm, I'm bummed. So, so here at the dynasty war zone, we take that commitment to heart. That's why we've been here. 99 Wednesdays in a row and we'll be here a lot more all right Jerry you ready to start talking about this top 10 offseason moves now remember this can be a free agent signing this can be a trade or this could be a draft pick as compiled by Jerry and myself are you ready my friend all right let's talk about the number one move Jimmy Graham all right Jimmy Graham uh the 11th hide it no 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 no. just kidding (laughs) the uh the the first move on the list is stefan diggs traded prior to the draft to the buffalo bills for a first round pick and there were some other picks mixed in that trade uh what was your immediate
2: reaction jerry to that deal uh so the rumors were coming out that he was not gonna stay in minneapolis so he's 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 always sort of been a headache there. He's never loved the situation. He's always wanted to be the alpha dog. You got it. You're in Buffalo now. Enjoy the snow, my friend. That's going to be tough. I think it's... At first, initially. I saw it, and I went, Damn it! Because I've got him in the Warzone Listener League, and I was really pushing for a championship this year. But... Josh Allen has grown on me a little bit more. So I was one of the haters because I'm an idiot. Sometimes the dude's got a cannon. And if there's one thing that Stefan Diggs can do, he's just ripped the roof off. Yeah. I mean, the dude finds the end zone. I mean, he's in an offense that has had Adam Thielen and it's had Dalvin cook and Kirk cousins has done. Okay. He's not, Patrick Mahomes. He's not doing anything. He's not drew Brees. You know, he's, he's okay getting 28 touchdowns, 30 touchdowns a season. Diggs is still fine in the end zone six times, nine times, eight times. He's shown that he's a versatile guy. He had a hundred reception season and then he got almost 40 less receptions last year and still had over a hundred yards more. So he he's a guy that can do things that are extremely versatile. He can, he can do tons of stuff. And that was with Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith and Delvin Cook there. Now he's got bo-doom, 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 bo-doom. nothing good. I, uh, sorry, John Brown. As much as people like to talk about how great you are, I don't see it. You're, you're a dude. Uh, if you were, you're like Danny Amendola when Danny Amendola was in his prime. You get hurt less than Danny Amendola did, but... I think it has an opportunity to jump him up a notch. Is that crazy? Well, I'll just get into
0: digs. I, I don't hate it. This is a team that threw the ball 513 times last year, and they had two wide receivers get over 100 targets. Cole Beasley had 109, and John Brown had 115, if you can believe that, John Brown. So it's easy. It's You, you don't trade a first to not get the guy, the, the, the football. So to think that he's still going to get 100 and 15 targets, it's great. And, you know, this is a team, this might surprise people because when you think of the Bills, I mean, you probably think of like ground and pound, right? Yep. You feel like, you know, run the ball, play defense, stuff like that. But this team, from a formation standpoint last year, ran the ball, seventy. excuse me, lined up in three wide receiver formations 70% of the time. Now, I think the Stephon Diggs is going to be great for the running backs. Initially when when we first hear the trade, you think about hey, how does this impact Diggs, the weather not playing in the dome, how does this impact Josh Allen, how does it impact Brown and Beasley and Dawson Knox and etc. You know, you know who the big winners are here for me, Jerry? Who? Devin Singletary and your boy the ever lumbering Zach Moss. I mean, when when they spread you out wide, when they put you in three wide receiver formations, and I tell you if you don't respect the route running and and speed of Stephon Diggs and you don't respect the the speed of John Brown with the safety help you're going to wind up in trouble and they're going to be able to get Dawson uh Knox over the middle Cole Beasley over the middle and getting back to these running backs these running backs especially Devin Singletary in that short passing game I love it And, and people knock Josh Allen and his accuracy guys all the guy can do is take the tools that he has and improve them in his rookie year he completed about 52% of his passes last year 58% man that's a that's a 6% improvement or over 10% year over year uh, the kid's known to be a hard worker and if he can pull that completion percentage up to the low to mid 60s man that, that that's where you want to be so i thought this move was huge for buffalo and i with the exception of maybe john brown I really don't see anyone taking it you know, too bad on the, 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 the chin here. I know that uh, Stephon Diggs has lived in Minnesota the last several years, so the weather, he's not going to have to get used to that. Uh, he is going to give up nine games a year in a dome. I don't like that, but, man, I I love this guy. By the time the weather gets too bad, it could be the fantasy playoffs is the only downside. So that was number 10. Anything on Diggs before we move on to number nine? Nope, I think you hit it. All right, man, Uh, but good stuff for those running backs there. Number nine, this one was another trade. Uh, This was Rob Gronkowski, and you you might have thought of this as a free agent signing. It actually wasn't. Uh, Even though he retired, the Patriots had to trade his rights to Tampa Bay, which made me list as a trade. Uh, For me, this one was interesting because there was already so many weapons in Tampa Bay, Jerry, what what do you what did you think of when 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 we talked about this list and you saw Gronk to Tampa Bay on it?
2: uh Calvin Johnson's coming back.
0: What about Andrew Luck? I mean, if Gronk can, <laughs> yeah. if Gronk can come back and and Calvin Johnson, maybe uh, Andrew. It was Luck? like
2: the thing is like uh, Andrew Luck and Gronk were like the two guys that people have just been holding on to, myself included. I I had a freaking league with Gronk, so I I at least gained some value on that at least. Um, Yeah, it well, it surprised the heck out of me because he had just, you know, I I am not a huge wrestling person anymore, but I know he won a belt or he was involved in something. And then like four days later, my man gets traded to the (laughs) Buccaneers with Tom Brady. So initially I was shocked, as I think most people were when they saw that, uh, because of course he would just follow Tom Brady around. Don't blame the guy. But I also don't. I went, okay, that's not listen the tight end position is crap. It is big old doo-doo sandwich. So it's easy. If he gets even any sort of target share, which he should because Tom Brady's familiar with him, he could be very fantasy relevant. But I think Chris Godwin is great. I think Mike Evans is great. And I think Tom Brady is going to see that kind of talent, which he, sorry, Julian Edelman, uh, he has not seen recently. And he is going to be peppering those dudes. So I think there's going to be several times when Gronk hits you with that multiple touchdown game, and you're going to be so happy you had him. And then there's just, you're going to look at the end of the season and see 600 yards and six touchdowns and go, okay. I mean, he he did okay. He was, you know, tight end 12, and that's all right. It's just we're talking about a dude that has missed games every single year of his career, except for his second year in 2011, which long time ago, uh, he didn't play at all last year. He had 600 yards and three touchdowns the year before that. He played. he missed two games the year before that he did good though. And then the year before that he missed another eight games. This is a dude that has just consistently missed games to the point that he retired and stopped playing because his body was so beaten up. So I I think what it really does is it just crushes any hope that you had of OJ Howard being the guy with Tom Brady and and the homie Cameron Bray. I know that that's your dude. So what what do you what is Rob Gronk what did that move do for you? Well, for me, I was just I I like Gronk.
0: I, I enjoy watching football and rooting for certain guys. And I would certainly consider Rob Gronkowski one of those guys. He's just fun. But we're here to talk about dynasty and you know the impact of it on our roster. And Tampa Bay last year, you know, I, I like to talk a lot about formations because I, I think that's just deep enough that it can help you without getting so deep that it becomes paralysis by analysis. So Tampa Bay last year, they, they were fourth in overall pass attempts. So I'm going to give that a thumbs up for Gronk, okay? There's a positive. Uh, the concern is that 70% of the time they were in three wide receiver, one tight end sets. Why is that a concern? Because O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait are still there, which means they, and then I went back and looked because there's there's other formations than just two wide receiver, two tight end, et cetera. There's several different formations. The Buccaneers only ran two tight end sets 20 five percent of the time. I don't think that you brought in Gronk to help you win week one, two, three, seven. That's not his mission, and that's not Tom Brady's mission. Their mission is to do well in the playoffs and maybe even win a Super Bowl. I don't know. We'll, we'll get into more of that as the regular season creeps up and we get into the three-team parlay when the Bucks come up, but I, I don't see them overly using him. I think if you held on to a Gronk share in your dynasty league, this transaction gave that Gronk share CPR. It gave it life for just one more season. And I do think Gronk will be there two years. Tom Brady's contract is guaranteed for two full years. Uh, Two years, 50 million bucks. You don't sign two years guarantee unless you want to play two years. Spoiler alert. And I think Gronk will re-sign next year. So maybe you can get two years. He's only like 31 years old. By Jason Witten standards, he's a pup. He, he could play another half-decade at Jason Witten standards and be bad in the booth on Monday Night Football. There you go. But all in all, uh, it moved the needle uh, from a quick dynasty standpoint. If you can dump him at any point during the season, preseason, tight end premium league, if I can get a second. Uh, and In a non-tight end premium league, I don't really want to trade Gronk for a third, even though it's like a free third. I would rather package, or, you know, make Gronk a sweetener. Jerry, we were talking about our love for uh, lemonade before the show, right?
2: Yeah. Yes, we
0: were. Uh, Sneak preview. Yeah, you, you you like uh, you like iced tea too? Oh, yeah. I, I like a little sweet tea. You, you hear the southern twang in my voice. That should not surprise anybody. We like sweetener. You know, throw a little Gronk in there. Maybe you got a deal and the guy's just like, I don't know, man. I'm on the edge. Hey, man, what if I throw in Gronk? You know, you're a little light and tight end. Why wouldn't you? So, uh, Jerry, you ready to go to number eight? Oh, Yeah. Eight, skate, and donate. Uh, Melvin Gordon to the Denver Broncos. This was a free agent move. Jerry, what came to your mind when you heard uh, Melvin was getting a two-year, I believe, $16 million contract to go to the
2: Mile High City? I liked the move for the Broncos because I have never been the biggest of Philip Lindsay fans. And Royce Freeman, for whatever reason, has just not panned out. But I think the best thing this is for is for drew lock drew drew lock now has an additional pass catching and a good running back to go along with everybody else they added because that was nobody ended up better than drew lock in this off season. he was just it was christmas for that dude every day and he just continuously got good presents he didn't get socks he didn't get whitey tighties. That dude was getting video games over and over again. He got new controllers. He got a TV. He might've gotten a new system for all we know in Jerry Judy. I like that move. And Melvin Gordon is a touchdown machine, which is ironic because his first rookie season, he didn't get any touchdowns and everyone was super down on him. Since then, dude's been a touchdown monster, but so has Philip Lindsay. So it scares me a little bit as far as Melvin Gordon is concerned. I'm not super into banking on Melvin Gordon. Uh, I think we have sort of hit the, these types of running backs are the guys that I usually just don't want. I will take Le'Veon because he's the only guy that's there, but I have no, no feelings that it's going to last for a long time. Philip Lindsay was capable. Philip Lindsay scored what 12 touchdowns his rookie year. I think he had nine or 10 or something this past season still had 1200 yards combined. He's, he's sort of been about what Melvin Gordon has been a little bit worse than that. So he's going to steal some of that workload, but I think it's going to open the field for drew lock P- defenses are going to have to pay attention to no matter who is in the backfield, because both of them are capable of catching the ball. Both of them are capable of blocking. Both of them are com- capable of running efficiently. And there's tons of weapons. I think it was a good move by Elway, and I think that if Drew Locke is the dude, I think it's going to be wonderful for him. But we'll know that very quickly.
0: See, I, I actually like the draft. So we we on uh, it was either last week or the week before we did the the Denver uh, three team parlay, and to me, this is a team that wants that wants to run the ball. This is a team that was 14th in rush attempts last year, so that's a slightly above average. Right, 16 yep. would be average but they were 20th in rush yards so they had 409 rush yards they just weren't very effective and philip lindsey is he's a sweetener uh, in a different way um, you can trade him if you want i don't really care i'm not a big philip lindsey guy but my point is is that melvin gordon is going to be the straw that stirs this drink and you sprinkle in a little philip lindsey here and there let him let him be good at what he's good at and but, but melvin I, I i would much rather have melvin to be honest. Uh, when this team lines up, we, we talked about it. Uh, I, I didn't want to get too deep into their wide receiver form or, or you know offensive set formations last year because they are bringing in Pat Shermer. Uh, he is a bit of an 11 personnel guy. From what I recall, he had a great run with Minnesota as recently as 2017. Hell, this man turned Case Keenum into QB 14 overall. But I know that this has got a, a team with a good defense, Uh, They brought in the guy from, is it Jarrell Casey they brought in from Tennessee. They'll get Bradley Chubb back. Obviously, Vaughn Miller's there. Uh, They have a defensive-minded head coach. I really see Denver being kind of like what Minnesota was in 2014. Really, really good defense, hard-nosed, old-school, defensive-minded head coach. And they're going to run the ball, Jerry. And I think the odd man out, Royce Freeman, wouldn't be surprised if maybe a running back went down in camp or something. And Royce Freeman was traded, or he was traded prior to the deadline. But I, I liked Melvin Gordon. I, uh, uh, I was willing to go to number eight there. You're gonna go number seven? Yep. All right, man. This one hits a little close to home for me. Uh, this was our first draft pick to make a list. This is Jonathan Taylor to the Colts, Jerry. Uh, I, I can't go first here. I've been letting you go first a lot. Maybe I'll let, I'll go first on the next one. What did you think? Because we were in a group chat when this was going on. What did you think when, when you just immediate, honest reaction
2: to JT to the Colts? I'm not going to use my swear word because it might come out naturally at some point in this podcast. But holy crap was what came out of my mouth when I saw it. Um, you're getting what should be an elite prospect at running back, he gets to run behind that offensive line of just beastly hogma. How could you not enjoy that? So I was excited, and I was excited for you, because it makes it easy when you have a Dynasty podcast, when the team that you're a fan of drafts, you know, in our cases, two of the most polarizing running backs in the whole draft class. That worked out very well for us. Um, but... Always a but. It scares me a little bit. Because Marlock Mack did not just fall off a cliff. This dude has had, he had what? Back-to-back 1,100-yard seasons. He's not the best pass catcher. So, you know, maybe Naheem Hines takes it. Maybe Jonathan Taylor replaces that. I I don't know. We've had this conversation. I'll let you dive into it when we get there. So he he's never going to be that guy. But if there's one thing that he can do is he can find the end zone, too. I mean, he had ten touchdowns two years ago. He had eight touchdowns last year. Missed some time. Could have easily had back-to-back seasons of double-digit touchdowns. You know how many fumbles Marlon Mack had last year, Andy? Uh,
0: enlighten me. I know he had eleven. I know he had one thousand ninety-one yards. Nine, yeah. sh- nine short of eleven hundred. But I do not know how many fumbles he had.
2: Uh, so there's a, a thing, you know. If you if you can't hold on to the ball, you don't get to see the field. Uh, he fumbled zero times. He lost zero fumbles why would I think someone with that kind of efficiency is not going to see the ball? He's got no fumbles. He has a good nose for the end zone and he was relatively productive. Now there were games when he had 20 carries and did bad. That happens. He's not an elite prospect, but he's not a guy that's just going to disappear immediately for a rookie. I I love Jonathan Taylor long-term. He is, It it's tough. Between one one with him and Clyde Edwards Hilaire for me, but I, I do I love Jonathan Taylor. I've been watching Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin his whole college career, watched him embarrass us multiple times. But the hate for Marlon Mack has gone too far. And I, Randy, I was at the front of the train and I was blowing the horn for all the kids that were watching telling me too, about how anti Marlon Mack I was. You don't fumble, you're relatively productive. You find the end zone, your competition is a rookie. Come on, I mean he he's gonna have a role. Yeah, it's your Colts. All right, my friend.
0: Well, you know you ever heard the Rolling Stones uh lyric? You you don't always get what you want, but sometimes you get what you need. And I know I didn't mm-hmm. paraphrase that. Th- th- this is what Jonathan Taylor was when I first heard the news. I said before I was not excited. I wanted Antoine Winfield Jr. with that pick, but. You know, the more that I've researched this Colts' backfield, uh, we did this recently also on the, the three-team parlay, the one uh, last Friday. The the Colts rushed the ball 471 times last year. Jerry, do you know who had the second most rush attempts on the Colts last year? Who was it? Uh, Jacoby Brissett. He had hmm. 56 uh, for 228 yards. Now, Marlon Mack had 247. Here's a little sneak peek. Marlon Mack, not the healthiest dude around. He's never played all 16 games. The most he's ever played is 14. Uh, he's, he's fought some hamstring issues. It basically, going into this, I, I basically wanted Marlon Mack to be a bell cow. I wanted Marlon Mack to be a bell cow. I wanted there to be a little bit of Naheem Hines sprinkled in, a little bit of Jordan Wilkins. Hey, maybe we'll re-sign Jonathan Williams dirt cheap. Uh, none of that happened. We brought in a stud, arguably uh, one of the best running back prospects in the last 10 years. Uh, Marlon Mack last year had 247 rush attempts. So they're not afraid to feature somebody. Now here's the thing. Those 56 rushing attempts that Jacoby Brissett had last year, let's be honest. Phil Rivers ain't rushing the ball 56 times. So if we wanted to convert those to targets, that would take the targets to the running back position in Indy from 92 to 140. Man, I could see. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You want to go into the reasons why. Uh, You can listen to last week's, uh, last Friday's show. I really see Marlon Mack getting more of that Austin Eckler role. He's a better pass catcher than people understand. And I I really see this being a a newer, better version. And here's the thing. Naheem Hines, he, he suited up for every game, and he had 52 total rushes. He did have about 58 targets, and he converted, I think, 42 of those into receptions. But... When Marlon Mack went down, they didn't turn the ball over to Naheem Hines. His role is special teams. And I think, I honestly think his targets could be cannibalized by Paris Campbell. So if you want to listen to all that, that was uh, last week's Colts on the three-team parlay. I could talk Colts all day, Jerry, but this next one's going to throw you for a curveball because you can't put this guy in your dynasty roster. Did you know that? It's not a punter, is it? it Jerry, we have a strict no-kicker rule here on the Dynasty Warzone, but it's Trent Williams, man. Trent Williams to the San Francisco 49ers. Now, it happened during the draft, but, you know, this is a team last year that was second in rush yards. They rushed the ball 498 times uh, for the second most yards. They rushed for 2,305 total yards, and Jerry, it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo's ever going to be confused for Lamar Jackson. He's not even going to be confused for Josh Allen, but... 2,300 total passing yards. I think it was great. Uh, They lost Joe Staley to retirement uh, right around that same time. You're not going to be forced to move Mike McGlinchey, who's really came into his own the last few years, on the other side of the line. Man, you bring in a seven-time Pro Bowler uh, to protect Jimmy G to continue the work they're doing in this run game. And remember, I believe it was Kyle Shanahan's dad that drafted Trent Williams' To the uh, Redskins back in 2010. Uh, this may surprise people that I had this as my sixth biggest overall NFL move, but I, I think this was a big one. I think a lot of us as Dynasty owners are invested. If you're in a superflex in Jimmy G, uh, you know, if if you invested in Brandon Ayuk, I mean, he he's a bit of a long ball guy, and you got to let long route you know develop, and you can't do that if you got a turnstile at your tackle positions, and, and they don't. So I, I see big things for this offense, and I think a big part of it, like one of those low-key moves that we don't often pay attention to as dynasty owners is trades like this one
2: for a guy like Trent Williams. What would you think? Uh, I, I mean, I sort of wanted the Lions to make a move because I don't love Taylor Decker at left tackle, but it is what it is. Um, I, I think for what you said about Brandon Ayuk is sort of perfect. I think that is one of the guys that gets helped the most, and Jimmy G, for that matter. I mean, the dude got sacked 36 times last year, which is not a ton, not a little bit either. And that number is only going to get smaller because you're adding an elite talent. So those 13 interceptions that he had, probably likely to creep down a little bit. And then if Jimmy G is throwing 30 touchdowns and nine interceptions, where does that put his fantasy? I mean, darn near QB1 numbers, QB12, QB11 in there. So I, I think it's hugely impactful, and I think you're right. I think these sorts of moves are underrated when it comes to Dynasty because what, what did we love when Zeke got drafted to the Cowboys? Great offensive line. What did I say about Jonathan Taylor? You got a great offensive line. These sorts of things are underrated, and it'll only help the running backs. I just hope, please, please, Shanahan, settle on one. Just make our life better so easy.
0: Uh, he could make it real easy for us by just giving us a 1A. Make it most or make, I don't really care. I got I got maybe a share or two of each. But just pick a guy and give him 62% of the of the attempts. And one thing I didn't mention, this is great for George Kittle. You know George Kittle is not only a very accomplished but a very willing blocker. Here's the thing, man, if if they hadn't picked up a guy like Trent Williams and they had to move McGlinchey to the other side of the line, How much more would a guy like George Kittle have to stay in and chip and block? And he's not out there on pass patterns. If he's in there chipping, uh, it's either going to uh, eliminate him completely from the the play or his route may not have time to develop because the offensive line's bad. There are so many low-key, under-the-radar moves uh, with getting a guy like Trent Williams that it can't be understated. That's why I had it toward the middle, uh, and Jerry agreed with me. So we did that there. Jerry, you want to go back to Indy? We just left Indy. Let's go back again. All right. All right. I
2: I think I know where this one's headed, though.
0: That's right. Philly, 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 Philly. Phil Rivers, man. Uncle Phil. Come to Indianapolis via free agency. Uh, Another move that I didn't want to happen. Man, so many conflicting reports on Phil as an overall football player from a dynasty asset. If he's in a super flex, man, if he's your QB3, I'm cool with that. I agree. Plays indoors. Going to have one game indoors against the Houston Texans. And it's not like he was horrible last year. He wasn't good. You know, he wasn't Phil from 2011. He was QB 18 on the season. He'll have some usable games. We, we mentioned this last week. Jerry, 49 guys had a start at quarterback in the NFL last year. And you know how many games Phillip Rivers misses?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do. Next you to know, none. You, yeah, zero. This dude has been a starter since 2006 smartphones weren't a thing in 2006 this dude has not missed a game the entire lifespan of smartphones he,
0: he's durable um I th- he'll be good for the passing game uh if if you just want to translate you know it, it's a narrative it's it's narrative street but just look at the chargers the last two years plug ty hilton into the keenan allen role plug michael pittman into the Michael Williams role. Plug Jack Doyle into the Hunter Henry role. You plug uh, Taylor and Mack into the Eckler-Melvin Gordon role. It's not hard to see this indie offense really clicking. Now, Jerry, you remember how I talked about Denver? Hey, they're trying to run the ball, they just can't. Mm-hmm. That's Indy. Indy was 24th last year in pass attempts Uh, which wasn't very far off the league average. league average was 557, so they were 8% short of the league average. So they weren't that far off, but they weren't all run the ball. But they were 30th in total yards. So what does that tell me? They don't mind passing the ball in Indianapolis, and sometimes they have to. But man, I just don't think they were comfortable turning Jacoby loose with it. I I think Phil's, you know, given you as a dynasty owner in a super flex, he's probably given you another sell window, kind of like Gronk. He... He, him signing an Indy uh, allowed you to have some CPR into his dynasty life. And if you're looking to get rid of him, now is the time, especially if someone gets injured early or in the preseason. But I mean, overall, I, th- I think he has been a life preserver to the value of guys like T.Y. Hilton. And he's been an inflator. He's been a bicycle t- uh, tire pump to guys like Michael Pittman as a rookie, J.T. as a rookie, Mac. I'm excited for Phil to Indy, man.
2: And I think you should be. Here's the thing is we're living in this short-term world where Phillip Rivers is this dreadful quarterback. He threw 20 interceptions last year. Oh, my God, he only threw 23 touchdowns. year before that, he had 32 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. year before that, he had 28 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Last year was a bad year. We cannot overreact like this. There's nothing in the world, if we look at Phillip Rivers' numbers, every time he has had a bad season, He has followed it up with a good one. Nothing suggests that this is a habit. The dude works. I mean, you can't miss zero games and play what? 14? 14 straight seasons of football? The dude's good. The dude can play. He's got pass catchers. He's got a good line. He's got good running backs. He's got a good organization to play for. Randy, like you said, listen, if you're not in a situation where you need Philip Rivers, you have your window to get rid of Philip Rivers. Maybe it's now, maybe it's in week nine when someone gets hurt or someone ha- has something going on with a quarterback and you can flip him for a second or something. It's and You're in the reverse situation and you need that third quarterback or you need a quarterback to come in for an injury. Perfect. Easy money. Thank you. Here's
0: the thing. Phillip Rivers is going to start more games, barring injury, in 2020 than former pro bowlers Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, and Jameis Winston. Now, those guys could get on the field via injury, and Phil could miss games via injury, but as of what we know today, the 1st of June, you know, a couple of days into the month of June, Phil's got a job. And in my opinion, that means he has more super flex value, and he's inflating the value of those around him. And I got to admit, I hated Phil Rivers for about the first, I don't know, most of his career until now. Uh, He may be, he may be, he may (laughs) be real funny, but he may be an ass, but damn it. Now he's our ass. Um, Let's move this next one. This one might surprise you. You might've thought I would have it a little bit higher. And, but again, this was consensus between Jerry and I, DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona. And I did throw a little slash David Johnson to Houston. This was probably the most lopsided NFL trade I can ever recall. Maybe since the, uh, not, excuse me, the Herschel Walker, trade many, many, many years ago. And I don't even remember that one. I remember going back and researching it and the lore around that one. But Jerry, D-Hop to Arizona, and anything to add on DJ because he is a name?
2: Um, I will talk about DJ for the simple fact that we've said it before. Bill O'Brien traded away one of the elite wide receivers in the game for a running back that was really great for us for one year, and then he was okay a little bit two years later. But other than that, he's mostly just been a one-hit wonder. He hasn't quite been Lou Bega in Mambo Number Five, but he's like Vanilla Ice. He had that, and then a little bit later, he had the Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. That's that's what David Johnson is. But his his Bill O'Brien's entire coaching future depends on the success of david johnson so he's gonna feed the guy the rock even if it's wrong to do it we always say volume is king what is volume and value that's what randy said on the patreon he's gonna get volume because it's inevitable as far as hopkins randy uh, what, what was this man's target share we were talking before we hit record it's something stupid if if you take out the 91
0: that he had as a rookie and average his other six years in the NFL, let me read them to you, Jerry. You like numbers. I do. 127, a Michael Thomas-esque 192, 151. That's how I like my wild turkey, neat. Uh, 174, 163, and then another 150. So over the last six years, this man has averaged uh, 168 targets per year season. That is, that's 10 a game. That's actually, it's not, it's 10 and a half to be technical. Um, That is bananas. And uh, when I heard this move, this trade single-handedly pole vaulted Kyler Murray to the QB three in a lot of leagues, man. And it, it just, Jerry, are you familiar with baseball? You know, there's a game called baseball. I know you're not a big fan, but you're familiar with it.
2: I like going to the games. Yes. Okay. okay
0: perfect. There was an old guy. He's uh, kind of like me. He had a lot of catchphrases. His name was Yogi Berra. Played for the Yankees. And he had uh, he had this saying. That it was like deja vu all over again. And that's what I had, man. It was very eerily reminiscent of another big trade last year, where a guy maybe you've heard of him. He's pretty good at football too. Odell Beckham Jr. was traded to Cleveland, and we we just we we handed Baker Mayfield that pole vault, and we pole vaulted some people pole vaulted Baker, all the way to QB2 overall. Now, we, we, I, I know, I, this is not me taking a victory lap, kind of. Uh, th- th- this is me saying that uh, for those of you that are springboarding a guy like Kyler over Dak as your QB3, um, I, I think you may want to reevaluate your process. To those of you that use this trade as a reason to pole vault Kyler Murray over Deshaun Watson, you might want to revisit your your process. We like his head coach. This team ran a ton of four wide receiver sets. I don't love it for Hopkins. You can go back to the day the trade was made. We covered this. Didn't love it for Hopkins. Uh, this was a guy who, his coach, he, he better bring a new pitch, another baseball reference, another pitch to the mound. Because this guy got fired from his alma mater in, in Texas Tech. And I, I think with a full season of this offense on film, I don't think he's Sean McVay. I don't think he's Sean Payton. Uh, This guy could be the next Chip Kelly. So I'm very, very hesitant to invest in this offense. Um, But it was a big trade. On the David Johnson front, I just will say this. That last year in Houston, Houston finished ninth in rushing yards with just over 2,000, 2009. And Carlos Hyde had 245 rush attempts for over 1,000 yards. And again... I don't know about you, Jerry. I got a bit of an ego. You're a guy. You got a little bit of an ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Bill O'Brien's got an ego the size of Texas. He does not want to look wrong about this David Johnson deal. If David Johnson's healthy, he's going to get the rock. And if the corpse of Carlos Hyde can get a thousand yards, I can only think that the corpse of David Johnson can do that or better. Plus the passing game work. Uh, that was an interesting. That was big because that infected that uh, affected two big names jerry let's go to the draft for these next two you ready oh boy this one right here broke the end of round one it was the last pick 30 second pick overall Uh, a certain young man that that you've been back and forth on clyde edwards hilaire drafted to kansas city jerry
2: gut reaction um 101 that was i mean that was my gut reaction as soon as i saw it because I, people had been saying that the Chiefs, you know, you see, all we saw was mocks and mocks and mocks. That's all we see. And, you know, we eat them all up because we're dopes, myself included. And I've been seeing, you know, Swift and Taylor and da, 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 all there. And everyone's going, oh, my God, if Clyde Edwards Hilaire can land in Atlanta, it's going to be awesome in the second round. And that dude goes to the Kansas City Chiefs in the first round. What more could a fantasy football player want? What more could a dynasty player want? Running backs value explode immediately upon landing in a good situation, let alone landing on the Chiefs, let alone getting first round draft capital, let alone being the first running back off the board. My goodness gracious, it was. Twitter was fun for the next 18 hours. Oh uh, yeah, that was that. that was. It, I mean, it was something. So, what what was my initial reaction? I am a person that, I with evidence, I can change my opinion on things. I am always flexible to that. At first, I was bullish. I saw too much Theo Riddick in his game. Don't love little guys. Never been a Tariq Cohen guy. Never been any of that. Not my style. I watched that man dominate in the national championship game, went, okay, Jerry, slow your roll. Everybody's talking about how good this kid is. You just watched him do good. It impressed you. Go back and watch him. Started to like him again. And then this happened. Randy, I think he's the only rookie running back that is going to have a chance at being truly, I don't want to say relevant, truly fantasy productive consistently week in and week out in 2020. Well, for for, for
0: me, it, it was he. He was a guy that I I liked. Uh, we had a lot of analysts on, uh, most notably Angelo at uh, Angelo FF. You remember him? Uh, great guy. He he was a big fan, as was a lot of people. But this was a a running back team that, even though they finished twenty third in rushing yards at the running back position. Their running backs last year, something comprised of Daryl Williams, LeSean McCoy, Daryl Williams, and uh, Darwin Thompson, they combined for 107 running back targets. Now, Kansas City attempted 576 passes, so they, the, the running back position gets an 18%, at least last year, 18.5% target share. So of that 107, it's not crazy to think that Clyde Edwards helaire is what, 75-80 as a rookie? Easy. E- easy. Easy. And what did we learn from listening to Graham Barfield and Scott Barrett? That a, a, a pass attempt uh, is worth 2.8 times as much as a rush attempt. So to, to think that he's going to be relevant early is crazy. I, I, I think this guy could buoy his RB2 value just on his receiving work and, and, and touchdown work alone. I, mean, I think anything I the guy he rushes for on the ground is gravy. But you know you, you gotta be in the top three when your head coach is Andy Reid, your quarterbacks Patrick Mahomes, uh, you have guys maybe you've heard of them, McCole Hardman, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey. Those guys are gonna keep the secondary, you know, busy. So they're not gonna see a lot of crowded boxes when he does run the ball. I'm excited to see what the kid does. And speaking of what the kid can do, our, our number two is our final draft pick of the night. It's Joe Burrow. Cigar smoking Joe Jerry, uh, I know you're a bigger college guy than me. What what did you make of this move? I mean, it was kind of obvious. Cincinnati uh, turned down the Godfather offer from the Dolphins to draft this kid. Uh, what do you see with a with a Broadway Joe part two?
2: I have been buying in, and I know we talked about it off air before we started recording. And you said you're starting to buy in. I am. I don't want to say drinking so much of the rookie the rookie flavored juices but i really am i i have high hopes for mixon and higgins and i still don't love tyler boyd but there is a real possibility i end up with a tyler boyd chair which should show what i think about joe joe burrow and like you said it was it was sort of obvious we sort of he's an ohio kid he went to ohio state at first you know, Cigar Joe, the Tiger King landing in Cincy. It's, I mean, that's his home. That's, listen, if, if LeBron's going to play for Cleveland and he's going to be their guy, and if Joe Burrow can emerge and be anything that's decent, he's going to be the dude down there. So I, I'm super excited. I have a lot, lot. More Joe Burrow shares than I ever thought I was going to when I was scouting this rookie class. I mean, in startups, in rookie drafts, in so much, I've been grabbing Joe Burrow. Because I really think... I mean, this dude started one season, and he went into the SEC and threw 60 touchdowns. Not a Mahomes. No. No. 60. So so
0: can we call that a burrow? 60 touchdowns? That's a burrow. So, so,
2: and, and who's who's going to
0: match it? Well, well, here, here's the thing. So just for new listeners, because we do have a lot of new people who have started to listen in the last couple of months since we started the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor. Uh, we have our own units of measurement here in the war zone. A, a Mahomes of touchdown is 50 touchdowns. If your quarterback throws 50, that's a unit of measurement. That is a Mahomes of touchdown. Jerry just inadvertently created a new one when your quarterback throws 60 touchdowns, he has thrown a burrow of touchdowns. How many is a burrow, Jerry?
2: It's 60.
0: It's and now- he did
2: it in the SEC and won a national championship and beat all the top teams. And are you kidding me? He was absurd. Listen, he's got good talent there, but he's still got good talent. T. Higgins is a good wide receiver. Tyler Boyd has shown that he's pretty good. A.J. Green, if you know, he's not 177 years old and actually plays, he's really good. Joe Mixon can make plays. Yeah, I'm excited about Joe Burrow. If if that rant didn't explain that thoroughly, I don't know what could have.
0: Well, like you said about me, I've come around. So we've talked about Indy. Indy wants to pass the ball a little bit more effectively than they did last year based on their number of attempts versus the number of actual yards. We mentioned that with the Broncos and their rushing. Cincinnati wants to pass the damn ball, Jerry. This is a team that finished 6th in pass attempts with 616. Jerry, do you have any idea where they finished in passing touchdowns? So if you if you were 6th in total pass attempts because you were bad and behind, how many passing touchdowns did you have? 6th in attempts, 616. How many touchdowns? Any guesses? I, I don't. 18, Jerry. They They, 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 they barely averaged just over one a game. Now, now, total yardage, you would think. Okay, well, they they didn't convert touchdowns. Okay, I got it. But they had a lot of yardage, right, Jerry? Yep. Nope. They were 19th below the league average in in total passing yardage with 3,652 yards. This team, back to the wide receiver formations, they ran three wide receiver personnel 76% of the time. I can tell you as a former Sean McVay uh, protege, Zach Taylor, had to have his old uh, head coach smiling uh, because you know McVeigh loves him some three wide sets, and, and obviously so does Zach Taylor. Man, I think this is great. And from a dynasty standpoint, if you can get some cheap Auden Tate, throw it on the back end of your roster. If you can get that as a sweetener on the back end of a deal, I'm all for it. I like A.J. Green. The man's 32 years old. Hasn't been fantasy relevant for an entire season. I don't know, since 2016. It was, uh, it was a different time then. I I I don't mind it because if he's going to run three wide receiver sets and and then don't forget John Ross if you're in a best ball league if you're still I I, I
2: actually did forget about John Ross
0: if 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 you're in best ball leagues and you know John Ross did not get his fifth year option picked up this is a guy with something to prove Uh, I think that T Higgins and A J Green have some overlapping redundant skill sets as does Auden Tate who does something a little bit different. That's John Ross. And John Ross has been productive. So if you're in a in a tournament format like like the Scott Fish Bowl, if you're going to be playing daily this season and you're looking to throw a cheap wide receiver flex in because you know you've you're trying to cram in a Barkley and a Christian McCaffrey or a Chris Godwin and man you got to have somebody dirt cheap, man. Why not John? Why not John Ross? I mean, if the guy's healthy, that's a big if. Man I think Joe Burrow, too, and, and by the way, when you have effective quarterback play, I think Joe Burrow could be the the key that unlocks the full potential of a guy like Joe Mixon. Uh, I, I'm hoping that he can get him more involved in the passing game. Uh, I'm really excited about Jerry. There was one move bigger than that. Number one. You ready?
2: Dun, 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 dun. Man, it was,
0: it was free agency, man. It was TB to TB. Tom Brady. Uh, he took a oh,
2: system quarterback. All right. System
0: quarterback didn't quite take his skills to South beach. He went just a hair North of that to uh, the St. Petersburg, Tampa area and joined up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jerry, what was your immediate reaction?
2: Uh, I was dumbfounded. I didn't think there was a single chance in hell that Tom Brady was ever going to leave the new England Patriots. I could not imagine there would be a situation where he could potentially tarnish his legacy. Uh, The silence in my voice now was everything when I saw it. I could not believe it. And then I went, he's got Mike Evans. He's got Chris Godwin. Maybe OJ Howard's going to be a thing. Of course, that turned out to be wrong. But it's a good spot. If there was ever a place to remove the crutch that is Bill Belichick on his legacy. It's there because he will have talented wide receivers around him that, that he can still be successful. Now I could talk horrible, awful, dreadful things about Tom Brady. And if any of you would like to, my DMS are always open. I will always bash a Wolverine whenever the opportunity arises. I think it is worse for every single position group there. Because if there's one thing that Jameis Winston is good at, it was YOLO bombs. And it was just, don't give a damn, gonna throw the ball, and everyone is gonna feast around me. And I don't think Tom Brady's gonna do that. Now, we have seen him throw it up to Randy Moss, but that 2007 Tom Brady the avocado toast has started to wither away. He can't, he can't launch it like he used to. So I think that hinders Mike Evans. I think Chris Godwin is in a real chance to feast because he's always had that slot wide receiver. That's just been dominant. Wes Welker and Julian Edelman. And you know, he loves Dinkin just going up the field. James White was another one, all all sorts of guys. So I think Chris Godwin is sort of, safe in this situation. But I think as far as fantasy and dynasty is concerned, I think James Winston was better for all of us. And in truth, I don't know if I speak for everyone. I'm rooting for Bill Belichick to succeed more than I'm rooting for Tom Brady to succeed. I would rather Bill Belichick's legacy be better than that smelly evil Wolverine. So I don't have to hear about it anymore. And I can say system quarterback and it'll sting their hearts just a little bit.
0: Well, you do know what a big fan of Greg Cosell I am because he doesn't really break it down from a fantasy standpoint. He just tells you what he sees on tape. And I heard him a couple of weeks ago. It was either on uh, Colin Cowherd's show or the Fantasy Points podcast, and he was talking about that Tom Brady's deep ball looks as good now as it ever has. And people are like, well, but he didn't throw the ball deep. Did you see the jackasses he had at wide receiver last year? (laughs) He he had uh, uh, Josh Gordon uh, smoking weed. Got, got uh, released. He had Antonio Brown for a week. They traded a second for Muhammad Sanu. Ankeel Harry was never a good fit for him. And that left Julian Edelman. Uh, of, of course he favored Julian Edelman. Well, then people say, well, th- th- there's, there's no way that he can handle the, the 630 attempts that Jameis Winston threw last year. Oh, really? A little spoiler alert for Friday's uh, three-team parlay when we break down New England. Tom Brady threw the ball 620 times last year. 10 less than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Uh, and what Tom Brady will make will uh, lose in not throwing YOLO bombs. Tom Brady will more than make up for an accuracy and putting the ball where the wide receivers are needing the ball versus Mike Evans having to wrestle two defensive backs every time the ball's thrown his way. And Julian Edelman, he had a hundred targets in this offense last year. I got news for you. If, if, Chris Godwin lines up in the slot a lot because this is a team, again, that likes three wide receiver formations, and if they put Godwin in the slot a lot with Gronk on the other side as a detached tight end, oh mercy. So imagine Julian Edelman, but a really, 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 really good athlete version of of Julian Edelman. I think if there's anyone that Tom Brady's going to jive with from a route running and and an overall standpoint of the way that he plays the game, it's Chris Godwin. That's why this move was number one for me. That's why I argued for it. That's why I lobbied for it. I think it's great for everyone. Uh, I'm still concerned about Ronald Jones. I've heard people say, well, he's going to be a top 15 running back. I got news for (laughs) you. I I, I got news
2: for you, Jack.
0: I'm
2: I'm sorry. Just just tell me Corey Davis is going to be a top 15 wide receiver. I've heard heard that. At some point, you have to see these guys and know that they're not performing, and what makes you magically think it's going to start? Get out
0: i here. I'll, I'll tell you what, Jerry. It, it's the end of May, 1st of June, and it's hot take season, and we have nothing else to talk about, so let's just manufacture content, because it's. but, but I'm, not, I'm going down a rabbit hole. I, I love this move. Uh, I loved all of these moves. I know there were some that I debated. Uh, the Austin Hooper one came to mind. Uh, there were several others, but this was Jerry and my ten. If you don't agree with our 10, hey man, just tweet at us at at DFF Memphis at uh, Jerry Sin, D W Z. Tell us what we missed out, man. Tell us why why you thought the move in your head, your draft pick, your free agent, your trade uh, should have been in the top 10, Jerry. But I thought this was a lot of fun to talk about.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, and I got to laugh about people's hot takes on Ronald Jones. That was a good laugh. That actually hurt my stomach a little.
0: I I saw that and I just had to send the person on Twitter the uh, the gif of Kimbe Matumbo just swatting the four year old. I'm like, <laughs> not not going to happen. Here's the thing: if you can't if you can't pass block for Tom Brady, you're only going to get a 43 year old guaranteed 50 million dollars smoked once. Mm-hmm. It's only going to happen once because do you think Tom Brady's going to have any issue looking at you know? the offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, or the head coach, Bruce Arians, say get him off the field. Get him off the field. You know, And I, that boy's going to be gone. And I don't know that he'll be gone, but he got benched a couple of times last year, whether it was for poor play or, quote, unquote, he didn't fit the game plan. He makes me nervous. But I, I love these moves. Uh, Jerry, anything you got for these people on the way out?
2: No, just if there's any other moves you want me to talk about, hit us <laughs> up. Like we said, um, we're having tons of fun in the Patreon. I know we already talked about it. And I don't want to keep pitching it, but it's always a hoot and it's always fun to talk to anybody, especially now, bunch of stuff's going on. So if you ever need a break, I just let me know. I'm always done. I will talk anything. If you want to talk history, I promise you, I promise you, I will rant and rave about God knows what. We have uh, our group chat for all the goat leagues we're in, and I have been sharing some inappropriate medieval pictures in there. Um, so if you want to see some of those... <laughs> uh, Jerry, Jerry no,
0: you're, you're not going to post those in the group chat. It's a, it's a, it's a mixed group of ladies and gents. Um, we actually added a new one uh, during during the middle of the recording of this podcast. Yeah, we, we can multitask up in this mug. I just want to remind you guys to be good to each other. Stay home, stay safe, and be prepared to vote. Uh, That's our greatest voice. Uh, We'll be back here on Friday doing our three-team parlay. Uh, Again, New England, Hotlanta, and Pittsburgh. We'll break it down from who's new, who's gone, uh, the offense, who stocks up, who stocks down, and we'll be ready for that on Friday. But Jerry, I'm going to let you get out of here. And on behalf of Mr. Jerry, I am Memphis. And remember, here's the Dynasty Warzone. We're just here to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you here on Friday, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $50. 999 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZ ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town. Go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season.
1: Folks, Kyle here. I'm a physical therapist and a fantasy football junkie.
2: I've been doing Dynasty for a year, and I joined the Dynasty Warzone Patreon about six months ago and never have I felt more comfortable with having Memphis, Jerry, and the guys in the Patreon chat help me with buys, sells, and navigating free agency and rookie draft. I can't recommend them enough, And so join the Patreon, because if you ain't first, you're last.